Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Happy Hour podcast. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, we're going to continue and break down our final divisional series. Um, Here, we're going to talk about the AFC East. Uh, It's one of the more intriguing divisions, I think, that you could talk about heading into this uh, football season. We are inching closer and closer to that football season. I'm very, very excited because we are now basically two weeks away from football um, when this episode drops. Um, as all we do each and every weekend, we have for the last seven weeks, we're going to talk about the guy on each of these teams that we must have on our fantasy rosters. We're also going to talk about the guys we're looking to avoid um, at our upcoming drafts. And then, of course, the second half of the show is going to be predictions, us breaking down how we think each of these teams are going to finish. And then we're going to finish it up, polish the episode off with a little bit of the movie corner. As always, I am joined by my partner here, Mr. Matthew Fox. How are you today, sir? Doing pretty good. Uh, excited uh, that we're inching that much closer to the NFL season. Um, <clears throat> as this episode is dropping, we're waiting for news of cutdowns. So we'll get the first pass of the final 53s, see how the predictions landed, and then uh, take a breath next weekend, make all of our predictions, and ready for the madness to begin on uh, September 8th. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited to kind of get into the fine tooth part of these shows where, you know, we're talking about weekly football, you know what I mean? It's, it's nonstop action for us um, each and every week. And we're excited to kind of get our, you know, just kind of get our claws into the season. You know what I mean? It's, it's worth, you know, we've talked about it long enough, really. Um, We've talked about what might happen, what will happen, et cetera, et cetera. But before we get any further, we're going to break down the AFC East. Um, it's it's definitely one of those divisions that I think that um, it's not <clears throat> it's not top to bottom as good as the West is, but I think there's really three really good football teams in this division that that could be vying for playoff spots. I think one obviously stands out more than the other two, but and then what are we going to see out of the Jets? You know what I mean? Like it's going to be interesting to see what that team looks like this year. Um, are they going to be a little bit more competitive? Is Zach Wilson going to take that next step? Um, it, a lot of questions regarding that team, but um, I like the kind of the directions of where they're going, but I don't know if, if, if Zach Wilson's going to be that guy. But with that being said, we're going to kick it off with a team that finished in first place a year ago, the Buffalo Bills. Um, this is the team that I found, uh, I kind of struggled with finding a guy that's must have because they're, they're, they're guys that are really good or top tier josh allen stefan diggs that's that that's the top of the radar you know so you have some ancillary pieces in that offense as well i am going to look at a guy that i i think that is going to take over the starting running back job and that's james cook i like cook this year but i also fear him being running back 40 i don't think i'm paying such a premium price for him it might take him five or six weeks to get into that role but i i just like cook i like the talent i think that he has the ability to be that passing down guy. And, and I do think that he can transform into something that maybe they thought Zach Mice, Zach Mice, Zach Moss was supposed to be maybe, I don't know. I'm not confident in the must have here. Um, 
he's the only guy that really his value stood out to me. And as far as a void goes, I really just the rest of I don't know. I, I just um, I'm not very big on on what this this offense is not capable of doing. Um, I don't know if I really want part of Knox. Knox still is going to probably get his. I mean, you have I think what they got OJ Howard now. You know what I mean? Maybe he breaks out into being a top I don't know seventy tight end this year. Um, <laughs> but I, this team is really good. Like it's hard to find holes on the roster that I don't really love, but cook was only a guy that I really thought that I thought the value was there enough for me to kind of be intrigued by it. But even that kind of scares me. And I know Fox is about to be in the opposite end of that. So go ahead, Fox. Yeah. For me, I must have Josh Allen. Um, I know you're paying a premium for him. He's worth it. Uh, Ricky and I are in a redraft league. That's doing a slow draft. I took him in the third round. I have no regrets. Have him. Actually, I think I took him in the second round. I have him, Cooper Cup, and Javante Williams for my first three picks. Um, you know, I'm like that guy, and we are the Millers. I have my no regrets, no regrets tattoo going on. But I love Josh Allen. <clears throat> my avoid is James Cook. I think he will probably be their primary back in 2023. I don't think they're going to re-sign Devin Singletary, but I think Singletary remains the primary back this year unless Buffalo substantially changes the way the offense flows or Josh Allen decides not to rush as much running back is not their greatest position. I liked what we saw from Devin Singletary down the stretch. James Cook at RB 40 and redraft isn't heinous, but I don't know if I believe he's going to be up that high. What has been more uh, given me more pause is all the people. If you've been taking rookie drafts in dynasty, You've been seeing him go, you know, as high as pick four or five overall. That portends that they think he's going to have a huge role this year. I don't know that that happens. Um, you know, if you were looking ahead to 2023, okay. But you also don't know what do they decide to do um, this offseason. So I'm just <clears throat> out on him for the time being. Yeah, I don't blame you. Like I said, I mean, Josh Allen was a no-brainer. Um, I, I, I just, I saw you had him listed, so I was like, let me go somewhere else, and it's just kind of James Cook. Um, moving on to the New England Patriots, um, my must-have is absolutely positively nobody. Um, I don't really love anybody on this roster. Um, I don't like any of the running backs. I don't care if they trade one of the running backs. I'm curious if they trade ten of the running backs. I know James White retired, so that it might open the door for somebody else, but. How they use that revolving door of running backs is too scary for me and must have. Um, I, yeah, I, I jumped off the John New Smith train, which was really depressing because I really liked that train last year and that train fell off tracks. Um, Mac Jones, I think is going to be decent this year. I think this team is going to be fine. You know what I mean? I just don't really feel um, there's any true value that I like. I don't know. I need to see these receivers. I need to see what they're going to do. I need to see this offense. I need to see this offense without Josh McDaniels, which I understand people hate Josh McDaniels, but he's still a pretty good offensive coordinator. Um, you know, regardless of what you say, what he did last year with Jones and that offense was pretty impressive. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they, I don't think they're, they're going to change a whole lot of what they do. I think they're going to be still a run first team that, you know, opens up the play action, but I just, I don't really like anybody else on this team. And actually I'm intrigued by your must have because I'd love to hear your thoughts behind it. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't like Josh McDaniels as a head coach. He's a fantastic offensive coordinator. And no matter how you felt about him, you have to see that as a better option than the combination of Matt Patricia and Joe Judge, which is now handling the Patriots offense this year. Um, I'm kind of with you. Like it must have is a little bit strong, but I'm going with Jacoby Myers. He's wide receiver 53 in ADP. He was wide receiver 29 last year. I know they added Devontae Parker, but they didn't add much else behind him. Devontae Parker is probably competing with Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar. Uh, Jacoby Myers has shown the last couple of years he's their wide receiver one. <clears throat> I think he's a pretty strong bet to finish in the wide receiver three range. So you're getting a pretty substantial discount where he's going at wide receiver 53. My avoid is running backs altogether. James White retired. We don't know what Kevin Harris and Pierre Strong are going to do what their mix is going to be. Ramondre Stevenson is another guy where um, he almost is getting treated like a quarterback on the bubble in terms of camp. Some people say he looks incredible. Some people are less bullish on him. Damian Harris, I still like him as their best running back. He finished as RB14 last year, and where he's going, RB20-something, doesn't seem like it'd be bad value. He didn't have an incredible level of carries he had sub a thousand yards he got there because he had 15 rushing touchdowns last year i think that comes way back maybe you get wide receiver or running back three value if Ramondre starts taking more of his work is it low end running back three i'm just avoiding miami or new england running backs have long been something that are once you start thinking you can count on one you're setting yourself up for disappointment i feel like this year is not going to be much different yeah i don't blame it's just uh yeah i don't i don't i'm not i'm not uh, i'm not on that boat and i'm going to let you transition into the miami dolphins what do you get Yep, so I must have an avoid. I'm looking squarely at the wide receivers, and it's all about the ADP for me. Jalen Waddle saw 140 targets last year, uh, was a fringe. You know, he was finished as wide receiver 13. He was a high-end wide receiver, too. He's going at wide receiver 15. I think that's just about right. I think he's going to finish in the 13 to 15 range. I think he's going to finish as Miami's best receiver because I think that they're going to use him a lot as the possession receiver. Tyreek Hill, he's currently going as wide receiver eight. I think he's going to be a middle of the pack wide receiver two. I think he and Waddle are going to be very close in their ADP. So Hill is the one that I'm avoiding because right now you're paying a premium thinking you're going to get a top end wide receiver one. I don't think that's how this Miami office is going to go, especially when you throw in Mike Gusecki. They went and signed Cedric Wilson. They signed Chase Edmonds, who is a pass catching running back. There are too many targets Mike McDaniel's their new head coach. Last year, the the San Francisco 49ers offense, which he ran, that had two great wide receivers and a great tight end, only threw the ball 515 15 times, 100 times less than what Miami threw it last year. I don't think there's enough targets to go around for all these position players to finish in the top 12 at their position. I also don't think two is going to finish top 12. I had been more bullish on him early in the offseason, but I think he's probably a mid-tier quarterback, too. And I think he's going to have two strong wide receiver twos and a tight end, too, as a result. So Tyreek Hill, he was incredibly boomer bust even last year with Kansas City. I think you're going to see more of the same. I think he finishes probably in the wide receiver 15 to 20 range. And that is a steep fall off of where you're paying up to get him right now in drafts. 
So my must-have actually is Tua. <laughs> I'm jumping on. Um, I'm jumping on the Tua bandwagon. Um, I don't know why. I just like the team. I'm. I'm just gonna buy the hype. I. I see. It's crazy. I think that he finishes better than his. I think if you think he. I think he finishes better than his ADP. And and that to me is why I think I'm in on on him. So that's that's the reason why I, I but but I will also say um that I'm probably not drafting him. So like it's it's like a rock and a hard place. I know it's like it's so his current ADP is quarterback 16. 16. He's right. ebbed up a little bit. I, I think I think he finishes, I think he can finish top 12. I like the weapons. I do. I really do like the weapons. And I think that he can move in the pocket a little bit. Um, I like it. I don't know why. Don't don't ask me why. Don't ask in two weeks. I might tell you I'm an idiot. So, I... Let's play a little game. Oh Jesus. No, uh, because to I agree with you when you're initially sitting there looking at it, it feels like oh top 12's not that hard. But so I'm gonna rule out Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes. I assume that you feel those guys are definitely finishing above mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson. Oh, yes, 100%. Dak Prescott. I'm borderline. Russell Wilson. Borderline. Jalen Hurts. No. You think that two finishes higher? Than oh, Hurts? no, no, no. I'm saying no, no. Jalen Hurts is no. Okay. Jaylen, yeah. Matthew Stafford. No, he does. He finishes below Stafford. Tom Brady. Below. Derek Carr. Hmm. Below, but close. Kirk Cousins. I think he finishes around Kirk Cousins. Kyler Murray. Can't stand Kyler Murray, but his rushing upside is too good. I think he finishes close to Kyler Murray this year. Aaron Rodgers? No, I don't care. I don't care about Aaron Rodgers' roster. I still think he's going to be a top 12 quarterback. Matt Ryan? No, I think he finishes higher than Matt Ryan. So based on you, you probably – so I named the 15 that I have ahead of Tua. Yeah. So you probably do have him in the 12 to 15 range. Yeah, I just think that – I just – and the crazy thing about it is, is I don't know if he's going to be one of those guys that you can start weekly. I think he's going to be very much a matchup play and it's going to be one of those things you have to see. And that's the thing, like I'm not, I just think he finishes better than his position. I, the thing about it is I couldn't really find anyone that I really wanted to super duper have other than Waddle. I did like Waddle. I wanted to just be somebody different from what you had. Um, only just not to be different, but I, I agree with you on Waddle hundred percent. Like, my avoid is Gisecki. I don't want any, yeah. I just, I just don't want any part of that. You know what I mean? I agree with everything you said about this team. Um, Tyree kill is not worth the premium. Um, Tyree kill is going to have weeks where he's going to, he's going to do exactly what he did in Kansas city weeks. He's going to have 200 yards, uh, uh, receiving. And then there's going to be weeks where he has like 30 yards. You know what I mean? I, I just think that's what you're going to get with Tyreek. I just think that like, Tyreek and Waddle is probably one of the better receiver combinations in football. Probably top ten, maybe, maybe I don't know. I'm not. Don't put me on the. Don't put me on the fucking. Don't put me on the block with that one. Okay, maybe top fifteen. I don't know right now. But um, Gesicki, obviously top t- top ten tight end, um, skill wise in the league. 
you know, he has the weapons. Their running games, whatever. I mean, they have like 9,000 running backs. Um, I don't know who's going to end up starting, but I don't want any of those guys either until I figure out who that is. But um, I don't know. I just like Tua, and that's just weird because I've never really liked Tua. So I don't know. Um, I think that it's just – I think the quarterback 16, I think he finishes in the 12 to 14 range. So – I could be wrong and he could just suck. Like I've thought about for the last three years. I, I don't know. So there's, there's that too. I wasn't I, a big two. I initially, out of college, so I initially had him up there too. It was just looking at his potential offense and going against some of the more known quantities of quarterback. I sure. mean, there's people I have below him that, that I could be wrong about too, like Trey Lance. Yeah. You know, if, Trey Lance could be awful as an NFL quarterback, and the 49ers could be awful. Jalen Hurts said be hi. Top five, you know. Jalen Hurts said hi. So <laughs> I think Jalen Hurts is a better player than Trey Lance. I don't know if I believe that. <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, one quarterback we know that we're going to have two over is uh, our man for the Jets, Zach Wilson. Yeah, I uh, my avoid was easy, everybody. And, uh, <laughs> but I do like your must have. So I'm not going to, I'll let you have the must have because I agree with you 100% because I love the talent. So, well, we can both talk. I mean, it's Elijah Moore. Yeah. And I think the, the Jets strategy seemingly this offseason has been to stockpile players at running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Um, so, you know, Moore coming off of a good season, they went and drafted Garrett Wilson. They still have Corey Davis. They have Braxton Berrios, who's done some things. They have some other options. But I think Elijah Moore ends up being their best receiver. He's currently going as wide receiver 34. I think you potentially get a better return on investment than that um, if he's out there. So he's the guy I wanted. But they are stockpiling positions, the one that I'm avoiding. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts, so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, I think I'm curious about the split between Brees Hall and Michael Carter. But the position I'm avoiding is tight end. They went and signed CJ Uzoma and Tyler Conklin, both guys who flashed at times but never been super consistent producers. And then they draft Jeremy Ruckert, who many people liked the potential talent. Was one of the better options of tight ends. So now you have three three tight ends, which means you have no viable starting fantasy tight ends because I bet all those guys contribute. Yeah, I love Jeremy Ruckart. I love the talent. I, the thing about it is this team has some, like, young pieces. Like, they have a young team that's really strong, and I think that they, they've they got some pieces there. It's just they're in a really tough division. They really are. Like, it's like they're really in a tough division, and they're in a tough situation because they could be competitive this year but still end up, like, 4-13. and 13, You know what I mean? Like, it's that's that's how rough it is. You know what I mean? And that's it's nothing against them. I think – I love the head coach. I think that he's a good head coach. I really hope they give him the opportunity to develop this team a little bit instead of just throwing him to the Wolves week, you know, week after week after week after week here. But um, they they have a they have a pretty hard schedule, and I think that also hurts them as well. I just – if you look at the Jets' schedule real quick, the open the season in Baltimore, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Miami, Green Bay, Denver, New England, that's tough. 
Like that's just tough. And then you go Buffalo, New England, Chicago, Minnesota, Buffalo, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, Miami. The back half's a little bit easier, but I mean, they might start the season two and seven, and it's not because they're not good. It's just not as good as these other teams are. So I mean, they're probably a fifteen-win team. The Jets. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What is going on right now? What happened? I don't. Does uh, Moose hit you or something? I don't know. Um, all right. So with that being said, we're going to talk about the predictions for the division. Um, Bills, Patriots, Dolphins, Jets was the place of finishing last year. We got to remember the Dolphins won nine games last year. People forget about that. They were closing in on the playoffs, but they didn't make it. Um, we have the Buffalo Bills at 11 and a half wins. Patriots, eight and a half. Dolphins, nine. Jets over under five and a half. Um, for me, uh, I have it finishing Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets is how I have the division. Um, I've got the Bills at 13 and four. I've got the Dolphins at 10 and seven, Patriots at nine and eight. And then I have the Jets at four and 13. What about you, Fox? Yeah, I have much more um, parody. <clears throat> I'm not sold on the Dolphins or the Patriots uh, for this year. Um, Bills, I still have winning the division there 11 5 over and under. I went 12 and a half, or 12 and 5, so I have them slightly over. Uh, Patriots, eight and a half. I went slight under eight and nine. I think they take a little bit of a step back. I don't know what their philosophy is and what they're doing, particularly on offense. Devontae Parker, probably not the superstar answer you're looking for. I like Mac Jones, but I don't know if they're surrounding him with great coaching and weapons. Kind of makes me bummed out for him. Miami Dolphins are over under his nine. I also went eight and nine. <clears throat> I think Mike McDaniels will take a little while to get on track. I actually think Ryan Flores did a really decent job. He went 10 and six in 2020. He went nine and eight after a tough start last year, despite injuries and all this other stuff. I don't know that they upgraded themselves in any way by moving on. Uh, and then the Jets. I think the Jets will be a little bit better than people are expecting. They've been pulling in a lot of talent. I like Robert Sala, who's their head coach. Um, I like the fight that they have in them. Their over-under is five and a half. I think they get up to seven and ten. Uh, again, I think we're going to see predominantly most of the teams in the NFL between 11 and six wins this year. I think there's going to be much tighter ranges because the AFC is – loaded and uber competitive and going to beat up on each other and the nfc if, outside of a couple of teams who look like they might be more dominant although tampa bay's injuries at critical positions are bringing them back to the pack as well and you know now questions about stafford's elbow i think the nfc is not as strong overall but that also means there's going to be more parity and you always see in the last few years teams win games that you don't expect them to win and good teams find a way to lose one or two games that you're totally flummoxed by um you know on paper the chargers should have been an 11 win team last year they won nine games because they lost a couple weird games that they shouldn't have the bills even went 11 and 6 last year because they lost a couple weird games that they shouldn't have. No matter how bad the Jaguars are, they seem to beat the Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. So there's just weird things that happen. I think that we're seeing a lot more parity. And I think the the gulf between good, great, and average has gotten a lot smaller. 
Yeah, I just I I feel like this this the AFC is going to be interesting to see how it plays out for me. Uh, it's it's such an interesting division or conference because there's so many good teams in it. Um, I, I think I think in saying that the AFC West is going, I, I I find it hard when I break it down. It's going to be interesting whenever I fully fully break it down and kind of see where I'm at with that entire situation of the. How does the team finish? What place? What this? What that? With these teams? Because um, I don't know if the AFC West can win the Super Bowl, and I only think that it. I only think I say that because I think these teams are going to beat up on each other so much that they're going to see each other in the playoffs as well, and that's going to cause kind of some major ruckus in the entire scenario. So it's going to be interesting to see how it goes and how it plays out, but. For me, I just don't see how some of these teams are going to to make it out in the end. I th- I agree with you on the parity. I I'm bullish on the um, Bills thirteen and four. I just think that they're I think they're by far the best team in the AFC. Um, I think they're a little bit better than basically every team in the in the conference. And because of that, that's why I went with them. And I think they do finish as the one seed. Um, I'm a little more bullish on the Chiefs than most people are. I think the Chiefs are going to be perfectly fine. And I know a lot of people don't agree with that statement just because I think they feel like, you know, the loss of Tyreek Hill is going to be huge. But I think that that might benefit that team a little bit more. Having Tyreek on your Tyreek Hill on your team is is great. I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not going to say that it's not. But him being um, home is not honing in on Hill is going to help that Chiefs team, I think, a little bit more. But I could be wrong. I mean, I've been wrong plenty of times before. So um, it is what it is. I'm going to be interested to see as I run, as we get closer to the season, you know, we rerun that final step, that final run of, of predictions of who we got, where we got them, et cetera, et cetera. Because between the two of us, there's sometimes there's parody and sometimes there's not. Sometimes we're honing in on the same strategy and then other times we're kind of a little bit all over the place. So I kind of like that. So it'll be interesting to see where we go with that. Um, with that being said, um, yeah, I, uh, I've i had a lot of fun breaking down these divisions with you, Fox. It's going to, like I said, next week's show is going to be the, the season finale, I guess you could say, heading into the NFL season as, we, as we're going to have that TV, we'll have a cliffhanger for you type of scenario. But we'll talk Super Bowl. We're going to talk playoffs. We're going to talk division titles. We're going to talk who we think is going to win it all. We're going to talk MVPs, stuff it's like that. Jets Falcons in Phoenix. In I mean, I was really thinking, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we see the commanders take on the um the Cleveland Browns. You know what I mean? I, I just really foresee Jacoby Watson Brissett, gets Carson Watson gets we Watson dare gets, you not to watch. We Watson gets suspended for 17 games. Brissett gets gets into the Super Bowl. They start Watson and then they win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just gonna happen. I just foresee it happening. Um, I'm kidding, guys, because I don't really care. Um, all right. With that being said, we're going to transition over to the movie corner, um, which we talked about last week. We're going to talk about our best of summer. Um, Fox, I know I'll the you. only one that you want to talk about is bodies, bodies, bodies. Only because the signs behind me. For those of you at home, you won't be able to see that. Um, I went to a bodies, <laughs> bodies, bodies screening, and they gave me the poster. I mean, I gave it three stars, I think, if I remember correctly. So it's not that terrible, but it could have been way better. But um, I think the number one film of summer we're going to have in common, which is uh, a little Tom Cruise film. Elvis. Got it. Yes. Um. (laughs) Uh, The season finale came early, folks. 
no yeah top gun um you know what's sad i really like it's coming back in imax theaters this weekend but two weekends ago came back in imax theaters. oh <laughs> i forgot we're recording this ahead of time <laughs> i forgot forgot we're recording hope, on the weekend hope you, re- hope you re-enjoyed it in IMAX. <laughs> i hope you re-enjoyed it I'll tell you what, it's kind of crappy because it's only playing like one time all weekend at the same exact time. I know, it's kind of weird. The I I would imagine, I don't think you're wrong about it, get it being in the Oscars conversation, but to ensure that, I wouldn't be surprised if you see a little closer to December, the Christmas range, them trying to pump it out there because I've looked ahead at the schedule. It doesn't, it seems like we've been really dense with big releases all the way through, and it doesn't seem like Christmas season is as packed this year as it has been the last two years, where essentially everybody tried to dump stuff in there. But Top Gun Maverick, I'm just waiting for it to come out on VOD so I can buy my copy. Um, I want to watch it's amazing. Movie, yeah, it could be more times. Well, it's amazing all the things that have come out after it that are already on VOD. It's just the success that it's had. It passed Titanic uh, in Domestic Box, which is a pretty um, pretty big landmark. It's the rare sequel that's better than the original in every way. And I think we both enjoy that a lot. We both still have it way up in our top 10 as we turn toward the fall. Um, before you get to your, I guess the one that I'll give a shout out to that I don't think enough people saw is Vengeance. Um, I loved BJ Novak's work in that movie. Ashton Kutcher um, gives a, a really great performance. So is Boyd Holbrook. A lot of people are talking about how much they're enjoying him on The Sandman on Netflix. Go see uh, Vengeance. It is a very poignant and powerful film. One of the few films I've given four and a half stars to this year. Um, I really enjoyed it a lot. Can't wait to revisit that one. I really can't. I, I, I'm ready to watch that one again. Um, some of my favorite films of the summer. Good luck to you, Leo Grand. Um, I'm very excited. Emma Thompson is going to be in the Oscar race for that now because they did release it overseas. So they they challenged the Oscars um, uh, board and they, they approved the fact that she can be in contention for the Oscars, which I think is strong for her because I really feel like she has a good chance because not only is she Emma Thompson, but the f- performance is phenomenal. Daryl um, McCormick film. is incredible in that too. I agree 100%. Um, I, it's an incredible film all the way around. It's still in my top 10, top 10, top, top, top six, yen, top six. Sorry. Um, in truly incredible film. Um, the Phantom of the Open, a movie that not a lot of people have seen. I think it's a charming little, delightful little flick. Um, obviously, I can't not talk about um, Top Gun, as you mentioned, one of the most incredible theatrical experiences I think I've ever had. Um, it was just, it, and IMAX was just out of this world. Um, yeah. And then, of course, we have Elvis, which I know I love more than everybody else in the world, but that's okay. Um, it's my cup of tea. Um, I rewatched it recently after I bought it digitally, and I still love it. I still love Austin Butler's performance. Um, I think it's one of the best performances, if not the best male performance of the year. Um, so yeah, I really have enjoyed this summer of movies and we're getting ready to ramp up for the fall season, which is only going to mean way more movies, way less time for us to uh, breathe and us to have a whole lot of fun because we've got football and movies lining up pretty packed. So Fox, you got any other films you want to highlight? 
Um, you know, I liked some of the the blockbuster ones more than you. I liked Thor: Love and Thunder. Um, I like Thor. I think not, stars. Yeah, it wasn't as good as Ragnarok, but I it's still sitting in the low end of my top ten. And I know I'm out on an island, but I actually like Jurassic World Dominion. It hit the right um, as a book reader. It hit the right uh, level of nostalgia for me. Um, but one I think that we'd be remiss if we we left that both of us liked is uh, Jordan Peele's third feature, which is Nope. Um, I was looking forward to it as potentially one of the the more engaging films of late summer, and I think it delivers. Daniel Kaluuya is great. Kiki Palmer is great. It's a very interesting story. I had a good time with it. Um, I've been thinking about it. it might be my favorite of his his three kind of horror features. Yeah, I um, um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I like Nope. I like Nope on. I think for me, like Nope of the three has the the most replay value. Um, I, it's not that Get Out's not great. I personally feel like it's it's one of the more creative scripts of our generation but it's also not one of those movies that you rush to watch you know like i'll explain like nocturnal animals is one of my all-time favorite movies but nocturnal animals is so deep and and it like when you watch it it's it's it kind of makes you feel gross in some ways and it's like it, it really has some emotional tendencies of it you're like i'm not gonna rush to watch this again you know what i mean like it's it's a hard watch you know what i mean it's a hard watch i think it's great but it's still a hard watch but there's a lot of films like that but note to me is i can't wait to watch it again like i've seen it twice i thought it was incredible both times i think the script is very brilliant i think that people are missing the boat on it i think um i think there's some people out there that are just not catching some of the things that that peel's throwing out there and i thought it was well written i love the entire gorilla story i think i've seen that criticized quite a few times um but um i loved it i really did i really loved this movie and i i can't wait to, i can't i can't wait to buy that one digitally as well and be able to watch that at home a couple more times i just think it's that good so it's a good summer for films yeah i agree um and then on top of that this series that kicked off a couple weekends ago i hope people are watching that's five days at memorial um, one of the most gut-wrenching scenes or shows that I've watched this year, just simply based on the fact that, sure, it might be some dramatized, but it's based on the true story of a book about what happened after Hurricane Katrina down in New Orleans. And I'm re-watching it right now right uh, for a second time to do some recaps. And I have, I'm just heartbroken. It's insane kind of what those that hospital went through. And to think about the decisions that those doctors and nurses had to make um it, it's truly just one of the more incredible films i think you'll watch this year so our series is this year so um if you can get a chance to catch that i highly recommend that as well as blackbird which i thought was phenomenal as well so um in the near future fox and i are going to talk about uh i've got an idea for him i haven't even talked to him about it yet but we'll talk about it soon um that's just i don't know i'm just going to tell you guys that on the air um but um with that being said uh we appreciate you guys listening to the show each and every week for those of you that stick it out through the movie corner we do appreciate it because we know it's a little splice of what we're talking about each weekend the fantasy football we're excited for the football season to start breaking out the show each and every week and fox is going to break out his fantasy football stuff like he does some matchups that he loves and then of course i'm going to break out the betting portion of it on the show uh for those of you who've been listening to the betting show throughout the uh, uh fall or throughout the summer uh thank you for that as well 
Um, make sure to follow us both on Twitter, check out the Music City Drive-In, and we'll talk to you guys next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.